Welcome back to a new episode of the Young African Millennial Podcast. This week, we are following the same format as last week, actually. I really had a good time uh, talking about a bunch of different things, so that's what I want to do. I'll probably follow that format for a few more episodes. Um, from whatever you lo- you're listening from, really thank you for sharing uh, your time with me. Feel free to share this podcast. It's really encouraging to see the growing numbers, to see the different locations. So I truly appreciate, again, your time. So what are we talking about this week? Like I said, I have a, I have a few things on my list. Um, a few things that have come up during this, well, since I last recorded and I want to talk about it. What do we have on the docket? Oh, the... So I'm very much into politics, the human aspect of it, um, the policies, just politics has such an impact on people. And I feel like just everywhere around the world right now, it is a crucial time um, for people. You know, it feels like the income inequality across the board has widened so much that it's in it's inevitable that we come to this cross path of what feels like a revolution you know what feels like working class people the majority of people revolt you know finally standing up uniting and standing up against uh, powers that have been controlling and defining their lives for a minute it used to be that at least especially in the states the the whole dream was the whole dream sold to every to, to the rest of the world to immigrants was that you could be born poor and become the next bill gates the next whatever but when you get to a point where the um wealth is concentrated in such a small portion a minuscule portion of the population and you have all that wealth at the top with money controlling pretty much every aspect of it and then you throw into that the discrepancies or I should say the imbalances of race and gender and all other kind of demographics that really are disenfranchised and this is it sounds very much like a US problem but it's not it's just that elsewhere it's probably you know, instead of race, we're talking about um, regional differences. Instead of gender, we're talking about, um, actually, gender is pretty stable. It's a pretty disenfranchised group uh, across, you know, in all countries. So my point is that I'm very much, I've always been into politics. Since a young age in my country, uh, following what was going on, following um, the different political leaders, I think that um, just the belief. I I probably like be a a political journalist or something of that nature if I had the stomach to really follow these um, these people. But I guess I'm simply not at at definitely not uh, as a main job my point is that um i've been following the democratic race in the primaries in the u.s 
and I watched the debate last night and I was so freaking like my two candidates are Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren I've always been a Bernie fan like since 2016 right and it's pretty it's pretty straightforward with Bernie you know exactly what you're getting and you're getting it every time so there's not much there to explain you either like Bernie or you hate him you know and if you hate him usually it's because his policies his um, mindset his ways are most likely to be taking money out of your pocket and redistributing to the you know the people if you like Bernie's because you want medicare for all you want to have access to healthcare you don't want to go bankrupt for dental issues that you may have i mean um many people don't even realize outside of the states that healthcare is such a big problem as an international student every it's so ridiculous because en tant qu'élève international aux États-Unis, tu payes ton assurance, tu dois payer ton assurance pour rester en statut. Et rester en statut, évidemment, ça veut dire que pour garder ton statut de d'étudiant, tu dois payer ton assurance. L'assurance fait mille et quelques dollars. Disons en moyenne mille dollars par um, par semestre. So to to stay um, in status as an international student, you have to pay um every nine months almost or every two semesters your your insurance your health insurance and you have to make a one-time payment of on average a thousand dollar so in a small town um university like St. Cloud State University in Minnesota and St. Cloud is a is a small town St. Cloud a une petite ville donc dans une ville comme dans une école comme St. Cloud comme l'université de St. Cloud tu payes un peu moins de 2000 dollars genre 900 et quelques you pay about like 900 ish and at some point I think in my last semester especially it had gone up a little over a thousand dollar but in uh, a university like St. Thomas, University of St. Thomas, which is a private school, you pay more than that. But let's say the average is a thousand, disons que la moyenne est mille dollars. What you end up having is that you paid a thousand dollars for um, a so-called plan that covers absolutely nothing. And I mean that literally. If you have anything more than a headache, if you have anything more than basic basic um tests that are required you end up paying so much out of pocket i know so many people je connais tellement de gens qui s'ils sont malades sont like sont, sont terrifiés parce que ils n'ont pas les moyens de se soigner l'assurance ne couvre absolument rien rien du tout si tu n'as pas mal à la tête si tu n'as pas la tour, ça ne couvre absolument rien et c'est un fait commun, c'est un fait connu. You know, ça couvre pas les dents, ça couvre pas uh, les yeux. It doesn't cover um, dental, doesn't cover vision. It covers nothing. You know, and it's even recently, like at some point, it didn't even cover like a pap smear or you know, um, reproductive health. You know. You can't get anything. Let me not get started on medi- on medication. So, 
I honestly never realized that that was the reality for American citizens and residents until I started having American citizens and um, residents, permanent residents in my circle. And then I saw them having the same issues. And I was like, wait a minute. Donc, c'est pas seulement les élèves internationaux, c'est pas seulement les étrangers, personne n'a l'assurance. Personne ne peut se soigner. Nobody is able to deal with anything. And I was like, oh, and then, I mean, my political style, like, just jumped out. And I, I think with the rise of internet in general and catching up, I was very, um, I was very aware of what was at stake in 2016. So I was very, uh, up to date on the election from the primaries all the way to like 45s you know, getting the most delegates, which is how in the US you get elected. It has nothing to do with the popular vote, but it's another, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a discussion for another day. The point is that, um, there's so much that is so common elsewhere. You know, I thought that health was such a concern in only underdeveloped nations like my home country um but the fact that yeah the medicine is there the technology is in the states but nobody has access to it at unless it's at the cost of their entire livelihoods you know um yeah you want to remain alive but if you gain your health by losing your house i mean you know And it got better with Obamacare for sure. But anyway, so I've been following the debates because of all of that. As you can tell, um, it's, you know, it's fun for me. I like to see what's going on, uh, especially because as, you know, as we all know, the word follows the example of the um, so-called beacon of the, you know, democracy. Again, that's another <laughs> commentary for another day. But I was following the debate and finally we you know we got to a stage where there's only six people it's six people, right? That were on the on the stage and Warren murdered it. So I mentioned that I've been a Bernie fan for like basically four or five years now. Well four years. Right? Yeah, four or five years ish um but this election i can't explain it like i just posted a tweet about the fact that i know we gotta be objective and look at track records and look at all of these things but there's something in my gut that just loves senator warren like i love I just like her. When I see her, like, I'm happy. I'm seeing a leader. There's something about Warren that's so freaking dope. And it's really difficult to put in words because I also hate the fact that people would say, oh, people voted for George Bush because uh, him and Laura Bush, his wife, look like a couple that you want to have a beer with because you shouldn't want to hang out with your elected official as a primary requirement for your votes. What you want is policies, which she has. What you want is a track record 
check the consumer agency that she was solely responsible for under an administration that yes supported her but wasn't really putting their political capital you know to her disposal um the point is that she just she looks presidential and i don't know how we don't get to make those kind of statements when it comes to women but my goodness the way she behaved on the ninth debate ah oh, the way she roasted everyone on stage the way she was so um confident and the way everyone was so the way it was unexpected of her and it felt like everyone was unprepared i bet that the next you know I'm sure the next debate, oh, they'll be ready for her attacks. But yeah, she did something to my spirit yesterday. She was really awesome. It's hard to explain, um, but I think it's the fact that as you really, you know, I exist now in the world of men and women at work with different dynamics with different um, realities with it's a corporate environment and I work in a tech company um, and my work environment is much more positive than a lot of people you know but still you see these microaggressions and you see these uh, little comments and the way people speak over you and the way they talk around you the way they double check the information that you give them but take someone else at their words and it's like those are little things that you pay attention to and you just have to find your voice to speak up and be yourself and yesterday she just looked like she was ready for anything like she was prepared she was rehearsed but she was genuine and that was a beautiful thing to see i don't care about the person that she was going after because to me if the party has any sense that's the non-starter of a candidate it's just that she just shined in a way that was unprecedented and it was by far the most it was a well done debate performance i feel like this is something that can be studied um that can be shown as an example even like for debate um debate prep schools and everything because my little sister was in in debate when she was in high school so i know that's a thing in the states um i'm sure in other countries it just wasn't for for us actually you know but anyway so i really wanted to say that because it's been like i've been obsessing over it like watching every commentary from everyone like i've been waiting for trevor noah's reaction it's a beautiful thing i love senator warren i don't know if she's going to win but my goodness there's no reason why she shouldn't be the you know the 46th president of the united states of america she is by far i mean i get bernie but as a person Warren just does it for me. She really does. The other things that I saw online that I was like, you guys act stupid every time about it. Like people were trying to say that the reason why Democrats don't ever get anywhere is because um, while we have 45 in, uh, in power, we still find time to come 
at Amy Klobuchar for not knowing the, the name of the president of Mexico. And I'm like, no, the reason why Democrats keep failing is because you guys don't ever want to be who, who you say you are. If you are the diverse party, the, the, the party of respect and inclusion and diversity as you claim to be, then be it, be about it. What kind of person cannot take, like think about how small of a commitment, how small of an effort it is. That's really what it boils down to. What do you care what do you care about enough to respect it? You could never go to a German TV and not know the name of the Chancellor of Germany. You couldn't. You wouldn't do it for Canada. You wouldn't do it for France. You wouldn't do it for any of the Eurocentric countries that have been always respected in the American politics but you don't find it problematic to do it for the president of Mexico because in your mind Mexico is not that big of a deal and when you are in uh, uh, the chair of a Mexican American or I don't know what the correct um, adjective is to use for Del Mundo I'm not honestly I'm not educated on that I don't know but the point is Culturally, you are sitting in a Mexican environment and you don't even take the time to learn the, like, it's so much pandering and it's so little respect. If you can't even do that, what are you going to do once you are elected president and you have all this power and as a nation, as the US, you have literally like so much impact on the nation of Mexico, on Mexico as a trade partner, as a neighbor, you know, it's the little things. So no, we shouldn't uh, try to downplay it like, oh, it was, it was a mistake. No, it's a lack of respect. It's a lack of respect. Like, come on, it's obvious. You just don't, you just want to downplay it because to you, it's you know it's not that big of a deal no it is just replace mexico with france it will be a big deal replace mexico with china it will be a big deal with japan just respect people or either you know don't deal with them but if you're going to deal with people if you're going to take their resources you're going to benefit from their people from their money from everything else please respect their humanity that's simple you know that was all I had to say about politics. I am ready to move on to something much lighter for you. I enjoy talking about it. So, but you know, I am going to have um, more of these discussions because to me, it's it's um, it's entertaining. It's important. It's definitely important. I don't care um, what anybody says. It is important. Um, what else on the docket? Oh. <laughs> I recently, I had un, un, unloaded all dating apps like Meet, uh, June and July of last year, and I re-downloaded it, but like really casually, I'm not, I'm not really invested in it. It's weird, dating is so keto, oh my goodness, you know, I'm just trying to, um, 
have fun with it. Keep it lighthearted. You know, as you know, it's funny because nobody teaches you how to date. You just learn on your own. Um, so yeah, I needed the break. You know, from these apps, I just need it. Yeah, before getting to even check it out, it's good. I have it on my phone, so technically I'm making an effort because you have to be in the mindset to receive, you know, something in your life. So you have to like open your arms and make it happen. So I am opening up, but not enough that is going to disturb my peace or cause any, you know, emotional even imperative to like, no, thank you. Um, Speaking of apps, I love TikTok. I actually really do. I have so much fun watching the videos, um, creating the video. Like, it's fun. I feel like, you know what it is? I feel like it's finally that app that everyone gets to be silly young. Everyone is perfect on Instagram. You know, we crack jokes, but when we post our pictures, everyone is picture perfect. Twitter is way too um, debate centered. You cannot have an opinion without people having an opinion about your opinion. It turns into an argument. It becomes controversial. It's really good because it does expand your words. It does expand your um, way of thinking. It does challenge your preconceived values about yourself. If you're someone like myself who likes to evolve constantly, you do get with Twitter um, at least to question why you believe the things that you believe and to see to see other people's point of view now you have to be careful because if you also swallow up everything literally you will become a, a sponge and have no texture of your own but it's really good to at least be aware of what people it's also good to see and to know what issues people are having you know like you shouldn't have to experience something to feel um to feel strongly or to advocate for it, I should say. You shouldn't be without, don't wait to be um, targeted to stand up, to protect other people who are being attacked, is what I'm saying. So Twitter is that place, but Twitter can be intense. Like it's either intense or straight up, you gotta have tough skin on Twitter cause them jokes be funny until the jokes are at your expense. Then it's a problem. I say it all the time. It's funny when it's not about your ethnicity, when it's not about your gender, when it's not about your sexuality, when it's not about your religion, oh, you're going to laugh. But make a joke about Muslims and they're mad. Make a joke about Christians and they'll tell you if you was Muslim, you wouldn't be laughing. Make a joke about XYZ and ABC will come and tell you blah, blah, blah. You know, so anyway, Twitter is intense. Um... TikTok is that app. It really is. Everyone is either teaching you something or it's, you know, um, just living their lives, being silly, doing challenges. I I like TikTok. So it's actually my, my new addiction. You know, 
I make one or two videos a day and I'm like, I'm really happy with myself when I see like, you know, that 500 people watched it, people liking it. I'm like, yay me. Cause it's fun, it's silly, you know, it's really like dopamine. Like you get your, and you know, your juices pumped up cause you didn't do anything extraordinary, but it's getting some traction. It's nothing, but it's healthy. I like it. I like TikTok. TikTok is really good. I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, a really good friend of mine that I miss and I can't wait to catch up with her, but um, she's not, she's busy right now. So, but we were talking and I was like, man, you know, every now and then I get reminded that being single and balanced and being single is much better than being so afraid of loneliness that you cling to toxic people in the name of not being physically alone because you hear stories about some people who are so much more beautiful than you are so much more body banging than you are so much more so much more so much more and you hear the things that one they're putting themselves in two they're refusing or they're not stopping being in and three that they're hiding the the toxic behaviors going on so people don't judge them or pressure them to leave or whatever it is and it's like Where's the self-esteem? Where's the love? Where's the accountability? You know, and it's it's really scary. It really is scary. Um, and I can't imagine myself being like I really never say never, but by golly, I really hope that I never get into that situation. You know, truly, it is very. Um, you take for granted the strength that you that you have just be yourself by yourself and be content and honor yourself you know so it's really important like it's really important to like yourself enough to rather be alone than with anybody so you don't end up in an abusive relationship that you romanticize you know because it's like he hits you one day but really loves you like you know 20 days after um it is difficult honestly the other thing that was on my mind was the fact that um, saving has been saving money like building my savings um, has been difficult like life the cost of life has risen so much I mean to quote Bernie Sanders he said the wages that the wages haven't gone up in the States for like 45 years um, in a lot of professions and like just even on a personal level to build those savings it's been complicated especially after enjoying you know what it is I really enjoyed I turned out December and like January because my folks were around so now I'm looking at my account like oh this isn't cute at all you know but life is expensive in general like i haven't even shopped like that in a minute i haven't well that's not true i just bought these products but those were necessary 
I'm talking about like shopping, shopping. I haven't. And I can't imagine how difficult it is for people who have families and, you know, stagnant wages to either bring in more money or cut costs or, you know, spending habits. Shout out to everyone doing their best out there, man. That is probably the biggest source of stress for people, you know, financial insecurities. I can't imagine. Because just on that level, um, because they say technically you should be able to maintain your lifestyle for six months if your wishes, if you didn't receive any paycheck at all. Like I read it somewhere or um, someone told me that the lifestyle that you have, you should be able to maintain it for six months without a paycheck at any time. That's what your savings should look like. Because on average, it takes three to six months to find a new job when you lose it uh, or a new source of income. So yeah, it's, it's a scary thought, you know? So shout out to everyone doing their best honestly and then i was i realized because i was looking at my spotify um playlist that i rarely listen to any new music nowadays like at all i have songs that are my go-to whether it's my gospel music that i used to pray in the morning or um i turn up african music um it's all the same songs. How do people listen to music if not if not at the gym? How do adults listen to music? And how do they listen to new music? I feel like you probably have to like go out, go to the club um, to discover it. I truly do. My life is probably too boring for me to discover any music lately, honestly. But yeah, that was. Um, that was something that came up to mind because I looked at my listening habits and it was like the same 50 songs that I'm recycling and I'm like in in all this because I hear all the time like Lani and YG or whoever dropped a new song and I listen to it or be catchy I like it but I don't be remembering to like go back and listen to that so I don't know if it's a matter of um, music taste, like now the music that's getting out is no longer to my taste. Am I getting old? Like what's going on? I don't listen to new music. So I feel like I'm missing out on things and I'm getting super um, predictable. Let me know if it's just me or if you like that too. But yeah, that's all I had on my docket today. As usual, make sure to subscribe and share. Make sure to share it on your Instagram story, send it to your friend, send the episode, download it, share it with other people. Um, support, you know? It's really, it's really challenging to be doing this between recording and editing, um, promoting the podcast, every episode, creating the arts. It's fun, but to be supported also feel nice. So make sure to do that. Oh, and it's February, it's Black History Month. So I have to shout out my favorite Black 
um, business right now, which is the lip bar. I bought those amazing um, lipsticks. Oh my goodness! That there's a there's a there's one that uh, is a collab that a collaboration lipstick like Island Girl or something that they're doing with Justin Sky. It's so beautiful. It melts with my skin. I don't know. Shout out to the lip bar. I was really into the product that I got. I discovered them. Well, I knew of them. I had seen them, but I didn't know that it was a black female owned business. And I just wanted to support after seeing them on Netflix. I loved that um, she did that documentary. So I ordered some lipstick, you know, spent like $50. That's a lot of money, but like that that's like four lipsticks, in, you know, um, in case you don't know how much makeup is. That's like four lipsticks, literally. Um, yeah, I paid like 57 for that, and it was beautiful. So shout out to them. Happy Black History Month to everyone. Love yourself, love your blackness. Do something nice for a black person or educate yourself on black accomplishments. Not just in the US, but like worldwide. I will see you all next week and make sure to enjoy yourself and live your best life.